0: Hello and welcome back to K Have You Seen, the movie podcast with hot takes on cold viewings. My name is Kyle. I'm Kari. And we are back after that brief little summer vacation break with another, you love them, double feature. Double feature special. This time, we're going to do something that uh, we have not really done a lot of before, which is superhero movies. More specifically...
1: Everyone's favorite
0: Batman. And so we are doing a Batman movie double feature today because we've got a lot of superhero movies floating around the ether, but I feel like, Kari, you may agree that no superhero that has been portrayed in movies has had the sheer range of portrayals in terms of characterization, in terms of tone, in terms of setting, all of that stuff as Batman.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. He's one of the most deeply storied superheroes. Maybe Superman is a little bit more, but Superman does not have the range that Batman has. We have seen all kinds of Batmans, which some of these movies get into.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that the two movies that we have brought to the table today really demonstrate that and also kind of demonstrate that even when you try to make very different Batman movies, there's a lot of crossover that is just not... That not just in the super basic origin story, Batcave, Batmobile kind of stuff. It's yeah. it's, it's really weird how movies that can be very... This, this different can also have so much in common. Um, but yeah, without further ado, we have each, as always, brought a movie to the table that... The Other Has Not Seen. Yes. Um, And for Kari, please let us know, what movie did you bring to the table today?
1: I brought the semi-recent, but still classic 2017 hit, The Lego Batman Movie.
0: Computer, how do I put the Joker in Arkham Asylum? Quickest route, no freeways. Computer, do you hear me?
1: To boost, I have just taken away your computer privileges. Gasp! A crossover between the Lego franchise, which is a smash box office hit, and of course the Batman franchise, which is what we speak about today.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, I brought Batman Returns from 1992. The only one who can save
2: this city is a creature of the night. Hey, stud. I thought we had something together. We do.
0: Tim Burton and Michael Keaton's second go at the Batman franchise uh, after their monster 1989 hit, mm-hmm. um, just Batman. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is one that I feel like people don't really talk about that much anymore and I can kind of see why because it is kind of a weird outlier but still super iconic yeah. in its own ways. Yep,
1: It's the Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, uh, Christopher Walken one, which I, especially that kind of middle, you know, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, Val Kilmer, uh, George Clooney, it's always the bad guys that I recognize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it's that one.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and... It's it's one that like I kind of arrived too late. Like I watched it for the first time, a, like not that longer. Like within the last couple of years. Really, the last, I think I watched that movie for the first time since we started this podcast. Really? Like it was very recent. So what and, brought you to it? I mean, it was just uh, it was I I knew about it and like the, I've always been a big fan of Tim Burton in general. And we'll definitely talk about this more as we talk about the actual. Oh,
1: he's in it. Movie. He oh, he is he in is it. In <laughs>
0: And it's uh, and I've always been really fascinated with his work and like I like the Batman movies in general mm-hmm. and so this was one where I thought okay well I haven't never seen this one so I just want to kind of check it out and I was floored by it the first time I watched it like it was everything I thought it was going to be and so much more.
1: Okay, um, we will get into this.
0: And so that kind of brings me to the crux of our head to head. Uh, uh, thing today, which is... I don't think either one of these is the best Batman movie, personally. I do, however, think that one of... And I I don't necessarily think that Batman Returns is uh, a better movie than the Lego Batman movie. But I do think that Batman Returns is a better Batman movie than the Lego Batman movie.
1: Oh, okay, see, I hard disagree with Ooh,
0: you. Ooh, okay, good. Cuz this yeah. would have been a really boring fight if you didn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the whole premise. Yeah, I I disagree and we can mm. we will get into it, but yeah, I am shocked that you would say that even. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I do have maybe a witness on my side. Oh, no. A story, a well-versed Batman witness, but we'll get into that.
0: And one. if we're going to continue this courtroom analogy, then I do have to say that this is going to be one of those situations where, like, I'm a public defender and I don't necessarily agree <laughs> with my client,
1: no, but no, I feel no. like I need
0: <laughs> to defend them in the court of public opinion no, and No law. distancing.
1: This is not die hard <laughs> We are going to get into it. But, yeah, so... Totally. I guess before uh, we say too much more you want to
0: flip a coin totally and uh before we flip the coin just a real quick of course as we say every episode if you want more of us please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast subscribe definitely and uh follow us on social media we're most active on instagram and uh facebook as well at k have you seen um so now that we got that business out of the way. So we're going to do the coin flip to see whose movie is going to go first. Uh winner gets to choose first or second. So call it in the air. Hold on. Heads. It is tails.
1: Oh, all right. Let me know.
0: Um okay, but I am actually going to elect to go second. So Kari, you have the floor for the Lego Batman movie.
1: Okay. The Lego Batman movie. First off, my background, I think I saw this in theaters. I love the Lego movies. I think they are really nailing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about some, you know, of course, watching these back to back, which I literally watched both movies in the same night. Me too. One <laughs> after the other. It was a bat marathon. Um, it's, they just, they nail the tone of the Lego movies and they adapt it to the properties that they're representing because Warner Brother Warner Brothers produces these movies so they have access to all kinds of IP which we talked about in the Teen oh, Titans yeah. Go movie. So there's a lot of leveraging that, but they just they are so on par with the humor and with the tone and still keep it true to the best parts of Batman. I think this is an excellent almost parody. It's it's really like it it has that parody angle of like heightening the humorous and kind of ridiculous parts of Batman while still keeping him true to even the Batman we know now, which is more Mm -hmm. of that Christian Bale, you know, very self-serious character. But, yeah, so I saw this in theaters. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I even, I remember before this movie, the Lego Ninjago trailer came on, and Uh I was like, you know what? That's good. That's a Lego movie I'm not going to see because I have (laughs) seen two, and I definitely will see the sequel to Lego to the Lego movie, which I haven't seen yet. Um, And I ended up watching that one too. Lego's just nailing it. But Batman, so good. Um, Before we go too much more into how much I love it, uh, tell me a little bit about what you were expecting in your background.
0: Sure, so I, of course, I have definitely seen the first uh, Lego movie. Love it. I think it is fantastic. I think it's one of the best kid-friendly movies to come out in the last 10 years.
1: Would you say it's awesome? It Would you is say awesome. Everything awesome? I think awesome? everything is
0: awesome. <laughs> everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I was a huge, huge fan of the first Lego movie. Well, first of all, backing way, way up, I'm a huge fan of Legos in general. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid... I did not have a Nintendo. I had Legos, yeah. right? It was like Legos and books were my toys. That was it. <laughs> um, and so, we like,
1: get it. You're smart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like with the Lego stuff, I, I, one of the things that I thought was the best about the first Lego movie was that it really nails the tone and atmosphere and just the weird sense of storytelling logic of. Playing with Legos mm-hmm. by yourself and inventing narratives in your head. Mm-hmm. And that is a, it's such a weird, specific kind of storytelling. And I can't believe nobody's ever done that really before, effectively. Mm-hmm. Like even Toy Story doesn't really do that. And that would have been a perfect opportunity for it. Yeah. The only other movie that I've ever seen do that, um, we may cover this way down the line at some point, but there's a French movie called A Town Called Panic. And it is just little action figures. It's a stop motion movie with like little action figures. And it's all narrated with one voice as though it's like a, the, not, not a one literal like speaking voice, but like all with the voice of basically like a six-year-old kid playing with toys. Mm. And every other sentence begins with, oh no.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> and that was kind of like more effectively portrayed in the Lego movie. Lego Batman, I was expecting more of the same, and I was not disappointed. Yes. So I really, really enjoyed Lego Batman movie. I thought that it was a perfect cross-section of those two worlds of, like, Legos and a superhero franchise, and still staying true to the idea of, like, this is what it sounds like in your head when you are 10 years old and you want to play Legos, but it's Mm -hmm. Batman time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think it's even more impressive, like, the Lego movie itself, they kind of had carte blanche, you know, that's the whole thing, it's like, it's a sandbox game, you can do whatever, but to do that with Batman and stay so true to Mm -hmm. what Batman is, while still incorporating some of those, like, master builder elements, and, and that, you know, weird, I, I was kind of getting this one mixed up with the Lego movie in some places, because that, like, um, Phantom Zone, which we'll get into the yeah. full plot, I kept thinking that that was going to turn into the, like, reality, like, oh, this yeah, is where this same, is, and I, it doesn't in this one, but, like, you do have that feeling of, like, okay, things are geographically maybe a little crazy, yeah. things are put together in, in crazy ways, Yeah, and, and
0: the, the fact that, like, it wasn't as present in this movie as it was in Lego movie, but the whole idea of diegetic Legos, like, mm-hmm. Lego, like, the Lego people know that the world is made out of Legos, and they know that they can take something apart to build something else if they need that other thing. Yep. Um, and I, I thought that was really great. Um, and then from the Batman angle, like it's so full of inside Batman jokes, yeah. like deep cuts from Batman mythology. Um, and the, to me, it's like the benefit. We talked about this a little bit with Teen Titans Go to the Movies, but like that's kind of the benefit of a movie that isn't meant to be taken seriously is that you can get away with being experimental, with making deep cut references and getting ultra nerdy. As long as it's funny, you can get away with any of that.
1: Yeah, and it is so funny. But that's actually a great place to start because one of the first scenes in the movie is, at least the first sequence is, mm-hmm. Joker kind of assembling all these bad guys yes. together to you know, commit this big kind of opening heist, um, and all the bad guys are people from actual Batman right. comics, yes. like Calendar Man and Condiment Man and... Um,
0: Co- the Condiment King. The, the Condiment
1: Co- King. And I, that's that's something that I have not... Like, I didn't read the Batman comics. I'm not super deep-knowledge Batman. That's not me. But I have seen enough Batman franchise and yes. seen enough parody of Batman to know, like, when those things are happening. This actually reminds me a lot of... Um, Star Kid Potter, who did the Harry Potter musical on Oh, YouTube. I've heard of this. I haven't this watched it yet. This is some deep musical nerd dumb. We're going to go down that rabbit hole. But they did a holy musical Batman, and it's very similar to nice. this in just like really highlighting his his loner persona and how he can't work on a team and all the different Batman villains right. that are ridiculous and all that stuff. But I highly recommend that if you like Batman and if you're into musicals, look it up on YouTube. It's It's really funny. And they... Very similar to this kind of, you know, yeah. feeling. But and they
0: even lampshade it like when they have the literally all the villains, mm-hmm. they lampshade it even when someone says, "Are you making some of those up?" Nope, they're all real.
1: Yeah, look them up. Worth a Google. <laughs> Worth the <laughs> <a> Google, yeah. <laughs> um, and then so, they, and then yeah. all the
0: villains steal the uh, steal. Uh, The airplane full of 17,000 pounds of dynamite, 10,000 pounds of C-4, 1,500 classic bomb-looking bombs. Yeah,
1: so cute. Um, Yeah, and and it's got that very Lego, like at the beginning, the pilots are best friends and they're like, all right, best buddy, like, and just the whole thing is so sweet. But um, so anyway, big heist goes down. Batman, of course, comes in and foils it. I also like how the Lego Batman, both in the Lego movie and this one, obviously, they really like highlight his music yes. like his love of music he's like also a DJ on the side so he has his like let's go nuts playlist or yeah, whatever that he plays fa- as he's kicking their butts
0: big fan of rap rock apparently from yeah. what they talk about
1: and all the lyrics are like written about him i'm batman now so <laughs> per- pays his taxes not batman not batman
0: <laughs> perfect time to bring up the fact that um the voice cast is Outrageous for this movie, and oh, yeah. headlined, of course, by the wonderful Will Arnett, the yep. one of the more gravel-voiced actors naturally, and even going gravelier and and, <laughs> and, and 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 rougher for for this role, crushing it as Batman. Oh here. yeah,
1: amazing! This is like truly star-studded. Like uh, Michael Sarah's in it. Michael um, Sarah
0: as Robin.
1: Everyone, uh, Ray Fiennes is in it, but he. Doesn't play Voldemort, who is a character. Voldemort we'll is get in the too. movie, but it's not Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes is Alfred, and Voldemort is—I totally forget.
0: Voldemort is as Eddie Izzard.
1: Eddie Izzard, yeah. I'm oh
0: gonna—I'm gonna very quickly run through the cast list here. Yeah, Will yeah. Arnett. Will Arnett as Batman. Zach Galifianakis as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Michael Cera as as Robin. Rosario Dawson as Barbara G- Gordon. Ray Fiennes as Alfred. Uh, Jenny Slate as Harley Quinn. Yeah. Hector Elizondo as as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Mariah Carey as Mary McC- Mayor McCaskill, Eddie Izzard as Voldemort, Seth Green as King Kong, Jermaine Clement as Sauron, <laughs> Billy D. Williams as Two-Face, which we can talk about that in a little bit, but uh-huh. that's a, that's a, that's a great. Uh, Conan O'Brien as the Riddler, Jason Manzoukas as the Scarecrow, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, mm-hmm. Kate Micucci as Clayface, Doug Benson as Bane, which is also... Doug, oh, that
1: was so good. Doug
0: Benson as Bane. for If, if anyone has never lis- oh, listened to the Doug Loves Movies uh, podcast, I uh, uh, highly recommend it, and that'll explain why he's the perfect Bane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and then Channing Tatum as Superman. I was going to
1: say, we haven't gotten to Channing Tatum. We haven't gotten to Jonah Hill. Like it's
0: Adam Devine as The Flash. <laughs> Jonah Hill as Green Lantern. Yep. Brett Musburger. Brent Musburger, the sports commentator,
1: is one of the reporters. <laughs> and that's we have gotten the feedback that sometimes our references are a little you need to google the references <laughs> you don't need to google any of these names you know exactly who are reading off the imdb page it's yeah. it's hilarious and some of those people like zoe kravitz maybe has like a sentence and a half yeah. in the whole movie and they paid that zoe kravitz like it's it's amazing the whole time you're just like wait how do i how do i know that but so it just really adds to it um anyway so they have this big sequence hijacking a plane full of bombs and explosives and all kinds of things uh, Batman shows up, <laughs> the the kind of like surreal disguises that happen yes. because it, they're Legos obviously so right. they have little clip-on hair and uh-huh. stuff and the way they make that work is just too funny. Um, but he shows up, kicks everyone's butts, the Joker's like, ha ha, I'm escaping, like you'll never catch your arch nemesis and Batman's like, whoa, 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 what? Like, no, you're not my arch nemesis, I'm fighting around and that's where kind of the relationship part comes in and... Joker's obviously very hurt. He's a, he's a very like earnest Joker. He's not that like quipping, hard to pin down um, Heath Ledger Joker. He is. He
0: is weirdly one of the most <laughs> grounded characters in this yeah. movie.
1: <laughs> it's delightful. Oh, good job, Zach Galifianakis. Definitely. But.
0: And then uh, after he kicks all the villains out, he um, goes to the orphanage and like starts shooting merch at them with the merch <laughs> gun, which it's is pretty so great.
1: Good. Then he returns home to the Batcave, Cave, uh, living his solo life. Seems to be enjoying it, uh, microwaving his lobster, lobster, lobster thermidor,
0: thermidor. <laughs> his crunchy lobster oh, thermidor. When he's awful. eating it. <laughs> oh, but
1: Sounds so like he's funny. eating Doritos. Yep, um, and watches. And, uh, what is it? The jerry, jerry he Maguire. jerry Maguire. and, and he, he's watching just the clip of you complete me and laughing, laughing hysterically cracking up. he's
0: living an almost grinch like existence yes not oh. to call back to a movie that i absolutely despise <laughs> um, you're wrong but for like, that living
1: <laughs> there'll be lots of grinch references Which, in this one. i don't know though, why I,
0: I don't know why he's so bored he's living a great life eating crunchy lobster thermidor and doing guitar solos on a jet ski so <laughs> yeah. i mean that's that sounds like a pretty cool way to spend your free time
1: yep um, so living his life until uh, Alfred tells him he's gotta he's gotta go he's gotta go to Gordon's retirement party which he does not want to but he's uh, whisked away. Uh, meanwhile, Joker is uh, hatching a plan, an even more diabolical, even more uh, cameo-studded plan to finally beat out Batman. But while uh, Batman's at Gordon's retirement party, uh, Barbara Gordon uh, is. Going to take over. She's of course um, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. She's the new commish, mm-hmm. and she in the middle of this retirement party. Now, w-
0: before before we get to the, the yes, before yes, we get stop. to what Maybe happens that. next, but no, she. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed the um, recitation of her resume for the whole ruse. Going oh, to yeah. going to Harvard for police. Harvard. Harvard for police, which is great, and then she later shows up in a T-shirt that says Harvard for police, yep. which is great. Um, I've always assumed there was such a place, but uh, of course, it's
1: the best, most prestigious. Um, yeah, think. and she uh, had rid their neighboring town. Uh, what was it called? Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven, Bloodhaven Yeah. Of all crime or whatever. No yeah. more crime. No more crime. She did it. Uh, now she's going to do it for, uh, for Gotham For Gotham City.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick quest is uh, one of the lines that I wrote <laughs> down. Like, I don't even remember what the context was, but I thought it was hilarious.
1: Because she's presenting her, like, four point plan. And, right. Uh, Batman has already had his, like, slow motion, oh my God, she's gorgeous. I'm in love with yes. her now little moment. Um, as in Bruce Wayne, not the same person, right. of course. Nobody Definitely knows not. that. Um, And she's at this retirement party, whips out a PowerPoint, talking about how she's (laughs) going to rid Gotham City of crime by teaming up with Batman and actually enforcing the laws. She has some really great lines in that that just sequence where she's just like, "Yeah, we're gonna stop, you know, vigilante." Uh, crime watching and we're going to just enforce the laws that we've written.
0: I got to say I, uh, that whole speech really felt like a stealthy burn on her dad who just Ooh. retired and his entire career consisted of smashing that bat signal button.
1: Yep, that is that is true. You know, it's, I don't know. There might have been something to read in there, but so in Batman's all for it until she gets to the part about like yeah, we're gonna, you know, team up with Batman. He's gonna actually have to become one of us and follow the laws, mm-hmm. not just work outside of them. Um, that's where Quick Quest comes in. Yeah. Like, so, uh, what about the Batman? So, and he's not—he's not thrilled about this. He is spit taking several times <laughs> yes. with the champagne that's being passed yeah, around. Yes. Um, and in the middle of this, the uh, right in the middle is when like Joker. Yeah, the
0: Joker oh, and all the, the vi- yeah, yeah, the Joker and all the villains attack. Or mm-hmm. seem to attack, yes. and then at the last possible moment, the Joker right. says, "I give up, I surrender." Turns himself in, and then not only that, turns in all of the other villains who are reasonably confused. Yep, um, so. which reminded me a little bit of a uh, uh, Cocaine Cowboys. The end when like the one guy flips and brings down every single yeah. person. That's kind of uh, that's just where my head went. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, brought down the entire attention. network. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as they're being carted off, uh, uh, adorably all saying, "Well, bye, Batman! Bye,
1: Batman!" Yeah, bye. Bye, Batman. So cute. Um, yep. So, seemingly in her first night of work, uh, she does it. Mission she accomplished. Rids, yeah. Mission accomplished. Rids Gotham City of Crime.
0: Um, also, not to backtrack, but like one thing that I, I thought was funny about like the previous scene with the uh, the Joker and all the villains hanging out together, I think that like. I definitely did this when I was a kid, but I think that a lot of, like, kids, you just kind of, like, subconsciously assume that, like, all the villain characters are just hanging out together. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're not around, they're all hanging out together. Yeah,
1: and the bad guy hang out. Right, in Like, the like an old-timey yeah. saloon, like, where all yes, the of bad cowboys yeah. hang out. Yep. Um, um, and they are, apparently. And they so are. And they, now they're all hanging
0: out together in jail. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and um, now no more crime.
1: No more crime. And also, during this party, a key moment is, uh, as Batman's having this, whoa, Barbara Gordon moment, uh, Dick Grayson is one of the yes. orphans, who's part of this orphan choir, which just <laughs> melts my heart. It's adorable. And there's a lot of uh, Michael Jackson's... Um, a lot of
0: Michael Jackson in this movie, yeah. Yeah, and
1: so they're singing a little montage, but... Uh, he is talking to Bruce Wayne about how to get adopted because Bruce yep. Wayne is famously an orphan. I think right. the most famous The orphan most famous orphan, is orphan, is orphan ever, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but he's he's having a little like, How would you recommend I get adopted? How about this? And Batman's giving him the uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh, sure kid, sure. And he's like, Well, would you adopt me? And he gives him the, yeah, 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 that sounds good, and walks out. <laughs> right, of course. Thereby legally adopting right. Dick Grayson. As we all know, it happens, the adoption process. Notoriously simple. There's
0: a great like uh, uh, thing by Bill Watterson, the guy who created the Calvin and Hobbes comics, where mm-hmm. he says, like it was great writing for this character because I never had to know more than a lazy six-year-old. Yeah. And so writing this movie must have been the same way. It's like, how does the adoption process work? Uh, who cares, whatever, you're adopted.
1: They're Legos, it's that simple. Um so yeah, then he goes Batman goes home, broods about it, does not believe that this is all that there could be, decides to uh get the what is it called? The Phantom Zone The Phantom Yeah, or the whatever. Phantom Zone
0: Ray or whatever, and he's uh, uh yeah, he's He's, he's suspicious of the whole situation, but it also feels a little bit like he kind of just doesn't want to believe that mm-hmm. there are no more villains, supervillains to fight.
1: Yep, he's suspicious in a totally predictable, selfish Batman <laughs> right, kind of way. Exactly. Um, so he decides, he hatches this plan that uh, Arkham Asylum is not good enough for all these bad guys. He's going to send them into the Phantom Zone like mm-hmm. Superman just did with one of his nemeses. Um, and meanwhile, Alfred is like, you got to give up this crime fighting. Mm-hmm. It's done now. It's I, move on.
0: I loved Alfred, uh, the characterization of Alfred as Batman's <laughs> strict dad, yeah. like taking away his computer privileges and making him share and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, he puts on like parental control basically on the <laughs> computer, and it's a picture of Alfred holding a tiny Batman's hands. Right, <laughs> so cute. There's a lot of um, adopted and chosen father yes, in metaphor. Definitely. I think Batman literally in the scene says something about like. Well, you wouldn't... know. you don't have any adopted children. (laughs) You don't have any uh, surrogate children. Yeah. And it's like, well, obviously. But so then Alfred says, like, you need to give up the the superheroing vigilante life and parent your new adopted son. Right. And Batman's like, what new adopted son? Which case uh, we see that Dick Grayson has been living in his home for this whole time. Uh, And Batman is not going to take care of him until... The computer, until Pewter yes. is, uh, you know, computer sidekick voiced yes. by the woman who voices Siri. Siri. Yeah. Uh, d- tells him that the only way to sneak into Superman's Alone Palace to get the Phantom Zone Ray is to have someone very tiny and yes. not swole, yes. unlike Batman who has unlike- nine abs, which has been established.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, as we learn from Pewter's screen, Batman is too jacked. Too jacked. Too jacked to squeeze through the security <laughs> system at Batman, at Superman's Alone Palace.
1: So he decides that uh, his new adopted son, who is small and stealthy and yes. 110% expendable, <laughs> yeah. can go do this for him. Because so. as we
0: learned also, this plan has a 110% chance of failure. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. So uh, they continue on. He, he begins reluctantly parenting uh, the new Robin, which there's a great um, dress-up montage as they go through all of Batman's Wh- old outfits. Which one was your favorite? Oh, um, oh, that's great! I don't know. There's so many, and they like kind of wash over me. But I just love a good makeover montage. <laughs> Did you have a favorite? Did you uh, want to take I, you? I wrote
0: down the Batrishnikov, the the ballet outfit. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: <okay. laughs> that was that was a stroke of genius. That, yeah. that was
0: fantastic. That was so. Good. Um, but yeah, that whole genesis of like the Robin suit, where it was supposed to be like basically like a Rasta reggae guy, yes. and the pants were just too tight, and so he just takes them off. Rip.
1: Yep, so cute. Yeah. Um, so he becomes Robin by altering the reggae mm-hmm. uh, outfit. Uh, and they take off. They he's kind of mentoring Robin reluctantly. <laughs> giving he's...
0: him giving him some gems such as life doesn't give you seatbelts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just
1: gonna, I'm I'm just gonna, just gonna, gonna put hold my you. arm here. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. And they go and try to break into uh, Superman's Alone Palace, which Batman is going to be the distraction while Robin goes into the air ducts, into the kind of very complicated maze that is protecting uh, the Phantom Zone ray. Uh, And Batman discovers that actually uh, Superman's not alone in his alone palace. They are having a Justice League 50th reunion party that Batman did not get invited to. Or missed the email somehow, which Green Lantern says it's okay, that happens to him too. <laughs> which is a hilarious callback to the Lego movie kind of dynamic they set up between Superman and the, Green The Lantern. delivery
0: of that line was great by Jonah Hill, where he's like, I sometimes don't get his emails for...
1: Ever. Years. <laughs> years <yeah. laughs> oh, it's so good. And yeah, they do the classic, like, hey, can you take a picture? And they don't want to take a picture with him, they want him to take a picture of them. Yep. Just... Some sick burns, and then Batman sneaks out of there. sneaks, this is, this no one is also cares.
0: the uh, this is also the genesis of uh, Robin's great catchphrase: "Tweet, tweet on the street." If I tweet recall correctly, tweet
1: on the street. <laughs> oh, that was so good! Yeah. And
0: uh, what's the vigilante policy on cookies?
1: <laughs> Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> Yep, and meanwhile Robin has no idea that uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same guy, so he keeps being like, yeah, I don't know, I have to check with my other dad, Bruce Wayne, to which Batman's like, nope, I already checked with him, it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, they get out of there with the Phantom Zone, Rey. Uh they eventually get the Joker to the Phantom Zone, because mm-hmm. they get... Okay, this is where it's all getting fuzzy. They get so, locked up. So
0: they go to, Ar- they sneak into Arkham together. Right. Batman and Robin sneak into Arkham together. Mm-hmm. And oops, it's Barbara. She's there. She catches them. Yeah. And Batman still actually uses. actually
1: good at, you know, detective yes, work. Right. And a, fighting a, crime. You know, a <laughs>
0: professional police officer, if yeah. you will. Um, and, whereas Batman is an amateur sleuth uh, with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And so they run into her, and Batman, still uh, uh, with his PhD in smoke bombs, gets past her and sends Joker with the ray into the Phantom Zone, um, but now it's Joker out, Batman in. So Batman and Robin both get locked up in Arkham for the crime, rightly so, yep. of breaking a known criminal out of the out of jail. It doesn't matter that they sent him to a allegedly tougher space jail. Yep.
1: Um,
0: that's not something that a civilian can do. A private citizen cannot send people to the Phantom Zone.
1: <laughs> yes, here we get the tension between vigilante justice <laughs> and actual justice with the the laws you exactly, know, that have been established. Exactly, exactly.
0: So then, now it's it's Joker in the Phantom Zone, and he's like the new he's like the new guy, and he's he, he's the new guy in jail in yep. Space Jail.
1: Yep, and he gets uh, scanned by Ellie Kemper, who is a hilarious little. Uh, what is brick. she?
0: A robot? A <laughs> computer? What is she? <laughs> what is some that thing? Kind
1: of space. Robot computer I guarantee or something if, that scans if, you for badness.
0: If we had, if we had a friend of the show Nate Bowers in here, I guarantee he could tell us the oh, history yeah. of that character in the Batman mythos. Oh,
1: I'm sure there's some kind of tie-in. So, and this <laughs> is where we actually start departing from Batman canon and Batman uh, IP, where uh, Joker meets all these other bad guys from cough cough Warner Brothers property. <laughs> right. Uh, there's, who's there? Sauron's there. Sauron's
0: there. King Kong King is there. Kong. Voldemort, Voldemort is there. Uh, the gremlins from Gremlins are there. Yes, the velociraptors. The velociraptors, Do- the velociraptors yes, from shark. Jurassic Park. The Daleks from Doctor Who. Basically, yes. a murderer's row of Jaws. murderers. Jaws, yes. the shark, is there. Um, it is. It's a stroke of genius. Like, this is where the movie, I think, goes from good to great, is when yeah. they go, We're, this is too big for just Batman's rogues gallery. We need the rogues gallery from all of pop culture. The
1: biggest crossover there's ever been. Exactly. Yeah. So it gets gets real from here. Mm-hmm. So then Joker gets back into the uh, world of Gotham, the universe that Gotham exists in, out of the Phantom Zone, uh, and all the baddies start attacking yeah. the... World of Gotham.
0: It is utter chaos on a scale that I feel like I've never seen in any kind of movie before. Like, this is the part of the... If we're using the the uh, uh, like the like backing up to thinking about like the logic of playing with Legos, this is the part where, like, really, you start firing and all cylinders like, oh, man, this is going to be great. Jaws is going to attack this building. Yep. King Kong's going to pick up that car. Voldemort's going to destroy the police station. This is all going to happen right now.
1: Yep, it's wild. So then he... Uh They set up a bomb that is going to uh, separate the tectonic plates that Gotham exists on. Let's
0: let's not ignore the fact that they broke into Wayne Manor and the Batcave. Right. And they're like, huh, that's weird. Batman and Bruce Wayne must be roommates. Um,
1: (laughs) What does he say at one point? Uh, Wait, Batman lives in Bruce Wayne's basement? No, Bruce Wayne lives (laughs) in Batman's (laughs) attic.
0: Yeah, and then uh, after hanging out for a little bit and just trashing the place and Joker rubbing his butt on all of Batman's stuff, (laughs) Um, should
1: call it the butt cave
0: <laughs> there's that There's that great moment where because um, we've established early in the movie that Batman has a section of his bat cave where he just keeps bombs that he confiscates from criminals Yeah. <laughs> and Joker's like alright everybody grab a bomb let's get out of here <laughs>
1: um,
0: and so yeah they set up the bombs in uh, uh, all around Gotham and specifically the bridge right it's like the bridge mm-hmm. that breaks in half and they're setting up the bombs to
1: yeah because there's something I mean Lego logic but there's something about like Basically, Gotham City, as a scientist explains on TV, mm-hmm. is set up on two plates, which look very much like the two green plates right. that you would use to set up any kind of Lego architecture. For a really
0: big Lego thing. Yes.
1: Um, and if these two come apart, there's just going to be a giant chasm that everything you know, it fall falls into. It falls into a chasm
0: that smells like dirty underwear, right? Yes, right. Which makes me think that this is built on a laundry hamper, right? Yes. I mean, that's the subtext here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: real logic. Um, <laughs> yes, so... Batman and, um, I guess, Barbara decides to release Batman and Robin, and so they can all fight mm-hmm. it together. They team up. Batman's finally learning the value of teamwork. Right,
0: because what does Bat stand for? Best at teamwork. He, is, at he teamwork. is He is. best at teamwork, yes. man.
1: <laughs> He's best at everything. He's added one to the uh, good ideas board for <laughs> yeah. their three collective Collectively ideas. Collectively, one yeah. good idea. Um, so they fight it together, going super well. It's great until Batman realizes that... Uh, He could lose these people. He's putting them in harm's way. He could lose them like his parents. He's getting too close. Uh, And so he shoots them off to get tacos on the edge of town. Right. Uh, Joker, he fights Joker, and Joker says, you'll never change. He zaps him to the Phantom Zone, where Phyllis, the Ellie Kemper. Right. Robot. Brick brick robot computer. With lights. uh, Info station. I don't know. (laughs) Decides that he is potentially a bad guy. Because looking at everything he's done, he's. He's not that nice. He's not Some a good guy. Care about him. Not yeah. necessarily a bad guy, but he's not yeah. a good guy. Yeah, he uh, inhibits this, or he inhabits this weird gray zone. Um, so she's not really sure what to do with him, and he convinces her to send him back so that he can collect mm-hmm. all the bad guys, including himself, it yes. is implied. Right. So he agrees to return as long as he gets all these bad guys back in by returning to Gotham. Um, and so he comes back, he... Gets back with his team. They all fight uh, the bad guys. Eventually, collecting them all, uh, and then Batman has his. Uh, well, first he uh, he turns uh, Barbara into Batgirl. Yes. Eventually, yes. another makeover montage.
0: Alfred turns into 60s Batman.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he loves the 60s. Um, <laughs> and then they all go out fight together. Uh, they get close, but the bombs still go off, separating the tectonic plate mm-hmm. and they decide they have to work together by putting their little Lego yep. you know, stickable feet onto the little knobs on the top <laughs> of their Lego heads, right. uh, and creating this human bridge, Lego being bridge. They have, to, they have bridge. to
0: form a Lego chain, and then all do crunches. Yeah. They have to exactly. all do crunches, and engage their cores, yep. and bring the two plates back together again.
1: Which they do just... Click. Click. Yep. <laughs> so it's, it's the Lego very quick. sound effects time. are so perfect. They
0: do not waste time.
1: Nope. So pull it together. All the Phantom Zone people get taken back, um, and then Batman says his sorrowful farewell to his team. Now having learned mm-hmm. the importance of working together, forming a human chain, the ultimate sign of teamwork, uh, and gets ascended back up to the Phantom Zone, only to be knocked off like glass, because yes. Phyllis has decided he's not a bad guy, so he gets to stay, um, and Batman lets Joker escape, as he always does, and that's pretty much where they... That's pretty much then. it, and there's like
0: a nice little coda, and that's yeah. that's that. It's just a... Uh,
1: he goes back to doing all his loner activities, but now with friends. Yes, so,
0: exactly, exactly. Pretty uh, sweet. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's it a is... a good movie.
1: Yes, uh, Agreed great movie i'd say <laughs> but and it's it's true to the batman-ness there is i even even with the lego influence and really being part of this series i think at one point you called it a sequel which it's not truly a sequel to the lego mm-hmm. movie but it it is it's like a
0: spiritual successor
1: it really is there's no doubt but i think it is still very on you know it's still in the Canon It's
0: in the Lego movie. cinematic universe. Yes. This is what the Lego Batman character from the Lego movie is doing when he's not in the Lego movie.
1: Exactly. But he's still in the same spirit as true Batman. This right. is not yes. a, this is not a total takeoff of that IP. So
0: this is a slightly older kid still playing with Legos who was old enough to kind of know Batman stuff. Yeah, just
1: stick a, with it enough not to make the audience fear. This yes.
0: is an 11 or 12 year old kid who has spent 14 hours on Wikipedia looking at the history of Batman.
1: Yes, yeah, very fair. Um, so any highlights you want to talk about? We went through the whole plot. I mean,
0: the dialogue is ridiculous. It's so good. Like all the like everything that comes out of anybody's mouth is funny. Yep. and yep. everything you see on screen is funny. Like the way they move is funny. It's all like all of this within the Batman structure, but mm-hmm. it's just like it's all so funny, mm-hmm. and it's funny in a goofy way. And, and 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 sometimes that can be really exhausting to watch for too long. But mm-hmm. like this movie is like around two hours, like an hour fifty or something, mm-hmm. and it does not drag. Like there's no fat on this movie. No, it's all it's it's a, a high powered machine. I feel like yeah, um, and it's super fun to watch. It's great for kids, great for adults with a childlike sense of humor I would say mm-hmm. um and it I I, it I I all around I thought it was great um favorite parts I mean I really did like I it, the, those chaotic big like destruction scenes at the beginning and the end brought me straight back to when I was a kid playing with Legos mm-hmm. for sure yeah um and I thought the beginning one was almost better because it was also matter of fact like you never see a superhero movie opening with the hero saving the city or saving the world like mm-hmm. You know, like, the James Bond movies or whatever, they'll open with, like, a little vignette. Or the Indiana Jones movies, it'll always start with, like, the end of a previous movie, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll end with, like, the climax of the last adventure and then kind of segue you into the new one. You don't really see superhero movies doing it that much these days. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, Spider-Man movies kind of do that a little bit. But, like, I've never seen that, like, in a Batman movie, like, really on this scale. Um... I don't know. Like this is like a really strong opening, I thought, and like uh, Batman narrating the credits was excellent too.
1: So good, black. All movies start with
0: black. Rat Pack. Don't know what they do. <laughs> Macho logo. I like it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even the logos. Like that was that was great. Cause I think it's hard to do something you haven't seen before in a superhero movie. Yeah. Like you're saying. Like I think sometimes I, you know, they do sometimes start with that fight, and it's like, okay, this win is ultimately setting us up for an even yeah. bigger loss. But this the scale like you're saying like it starts with him fighting literally every bad guy he has mm-hmm. and so you're like where are we going to go from here yeah. but it so not only do I feel like this movie is amazing we actually have a someone who feels even stronger than me about oh, this Oh really Previous guest and friend of the podcast Nate has been telling me I think told us before we did Teen Titans go to the movies that Lego Batman is the best version of a Batman movie, which is, like, an intense claim. So Hmm. I'll let him speak to that.
2: Okay. I want to preface my argument with this. I grew up with the Burton movies. I've seen the Nolan trilogy. I've even slogged through the Snyder stuff. I've seen every episode of all the cartoons, including the animated series, Batman Beyond, the Justice League cartoons, and all the others in recent years. I've read the comics, Dark Knight Returns, Long Halloween, Year One, your basic Batman mythos. I'm no Bat-expert, but I'm a Bat-fan. So keep this in mind when I say that Lego Batman is the best Batman movie, and dare I say, the most succinct version of Batman. It's the first Batman movie that's not afraid to go full Batman. Absurd gadgets, all sorts of suits, crazy villains like Calendar Man, and tons of impractical vehicles. Uh, no other Batman movies has the scuttler. all right. But it uh, didn't do it in a garish way like the 66 show or the Schumacher movies. Uh, instead of the Batcave just being a literal cave like in the other movies, it's this endless red and black lit cavern full of Bat wonders and a, a Siri-voiced Siri Bat computer. I'm sorry. Computer. Uh, second, it understands the good and bad about Batman, not just the good. Yeah, he's supposed to be flawed, but a lot of time those flaws are portrayed as, as a man who's determined to save Gotham on his own, very cool, very macho, and not as a narcissist that wants all the glory like in here, where that in his isolation is portrayed as unhealthy. It's also the best ba- uh, representation of the relationship between the Joker and Batman. The Dark Knight is great but it's more uh, cat and mouse with some loose rapping about how they're the same and uh, uh, how Batman's present creates the evil that he fights, blah, blah, blah. And the Keaton's Batman is the same, you know, but they try to tie it into the Batman's origins. It takes away from the mystery of the Joker. Uh, but this movie really gets the core of them being opposite sides of the same coin and how much they need each other, almost like a romantic relationship. And in this case, it gets a, a, a pretty close to romantic and that leads to my ultimate point relationships this is the only movie to nail the bat family uh, we forget in the comics batman really does solo he's has batgirl batwoman nightwing batwing red hood ace the bat oracle and don't get me started on all of the robins the point is that batman is at his best and most interesting when he's on a team and that's the core lesson of this movie and that's why lego batman is the best batman movie friends are family
1: Thank you, Nate. So good. I think we'll have a lot more to talk about once we have Batman Returns to yes, indeed. Uh, compare it to. So yeah. unless you have anything else, let's move on to number two. Yeah, let's
0: do it. So with Batman Returns, again, like I said at the beginning, this is one that I have been had been aware of forever. Mm. Um, one of my earliest childhood memories, actually, is uh, when I was a, a, like a little kid when I was like four. I was like four, I guess, when this movie came out. I was very young, but mm-hmm. I remember like they had... Batman Returns Toys in Happy Meals at that time. Mm. And so I remember, like, having a couple of those. Yeah, the face you just made, what? we're going to talk about this. Yeah. yeah. Because this is not a movie for children. <laughs> no.
1: Inappropriate. They, like, I, I felt like sometimes they would kind of go to the edge of, like, you know, where maybe the Avengers would go, and it's like, mm. oh, that's a little racy, but, like, yeah. kids may not get it. But they, like, would this go goes all way the way over past the Like, it. Yeah. this movie
0: is unclear about what, like, this movie is unclear about itself, about whether it is for kids or only for adults.
1: That's, okay, we'll get more We're into gonna this. We're going to get more into this. Yeah, um,
0: okay. But that was one of the things that I was really struck by when I finally watched the movie, because I'm not the world's biggest Batman fan. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Dark Knight. I really like, I was definitely on that bandwagon big time. I still think it's great. Um, But, like, up until that point, I was never that interested in Batman. And for some reason, this movie just, like, kind of always fell by the wayside. It was not a high priority for me. And then, like I said, about two years ago, it was on Netflix, and I watched it, and I was like, man, I've been sleeping on this way too long. Mm -hmm. I was all about it. I thought it was really cool in a weird way. Like, it is a super weird movie, but it's, like, I like that, and I like Mm -hmm. Tim Burton, and this is, like, maximum Tim Burton. Like... He basically got to do whatever the hell he wanted with this one, and boy, did he. Yeah. Um And I think in that sense, it's kind of fascinating because it's, like, this is what Tim Burton does when he has no restrictions and, like, but, and, and still, like, full of ideas.
1: Yeah. I did honestly wonder several times, like, what was the prop budget on this? What was the, like... Unlimited. Oh, my gosh. There's, like, and the sets. and And yes. set, it's just, like... There was no there was so, no cap. We can yeah. create underground zoos, we can create yes. giant mobile ducks yes. that Danny DeVito will ride. We can create just and, and it's not limited to the like, okay, you have to have a bat mobile, right. you have to have like the bat gadgets, it's some in some form, but like Nope, we're we're just pulling out all the steps.
0: Yeah, and it is one of the most Tim Burton-y Tim Burton movies ever, for sure. Like yeah. behind, I would say this one ranks just behind Beetlejuice, probably. Well, just just behind Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas. But he didn't that direct same. that one, so that one doesn't really count. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that this one and Beetlejuice together are probably like the two most emblematic of Tim Burton's style.
1: Yeah. Um, Especially that first sequence. I didn't totally realize it was Tim Burton, and then that first sequence with the birth of Oswald. I was like. Oh, oh, yeah, totally for sure.
0: Um, but, like, with the 89 Batman, I mean, that one had a huge budget, but it was a monster hit. And mm. so, like, that one, I feel like he probably had a lot more restrictions from the studio saying, like, okay, you can do all this. You can't do this, and you can't do this. To dial it back a little bit. This needs to be, like, a four-quadrant, what we would now call a four-quadrant movie where it needs mm-hmm. to hit all of the major demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he did such, like, that one did such good business that I think that they were just like, okay, well, now just do, what, like, whatever you're doing clearly works, so do whatever you want. And so, like, the first one had a really interesting visual style, mm-hmm. but this one is that same style unrestricted, you know? Yeah. So it's like, they just, they're like, oh, you like this? Let's do all of it like <laughs> that.
1: And I actually haven't seen their original. I haven't seen a lot of the older backends. Yeah. I watched, you know, all the Christian Bale ones in theaters. Um, I've seen probably I've seen the Uma Thurman one uh, and some of the older ones like on TV or whatever sure. but I think I missed the yeah. Michael Keaton ones for whatever reason
0: yeah and I I don't necessarily think Michael Keaton is the best Batman I don't necessarily think that these are the best Batman movies but this is the version of the Batman universe that I like the best if okay. like the Lego Batman movie is it's silly and it's fun and Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it, but as far as, like, Batman, Batman, this is, like, the version of that universe that I find the most interesting and appealing for whatever reason, though, even though, like I said, I do not think this is the best Batman Mm. movie.
1: That's, I mean, talking about that kind of big picture before we dive into the plot, it is an interesting, it feels very claustrophobic, Mm -hmm. kind of Soviet, almost, like the architecture and the statues and everything feel, like, I'm watching Chernobyl at the same time, and it feels very much like those giant like Like, Art
0: Deco worker statues and things that they have. Yeah, and everything
1: feels closed in. All the, I mean, even Lego Batman, which is kind of funny to say, it feels expansive. It does. There's there's space between everything, but every time, like you feel walled in, in even all the big crowd scenes, and it's it creates this very. And I think that's because, Dark like, you can feeling.
0: never, you can almost never see the sky.
1: Mm-hmm. There's like
0: a couple of scenes where you can see the sky, but every other scene, you're either indoors, underground, or the buildings are so high that you can't see above them.
1: Right. You're in and, narrow streets or alleys yeah. or something. Yeah. And it was
0: shot in a soundstage. And so, like, that, mm-hmm. but that's, like, you know, a lot of movies are shot in soundstages that don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it's like it's so full of stuff. Like, so, like, this movie is so over-designed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of it, it's so specific, like everything about it is so specific. Like needless to say, a lot of pe- people went into this movie thinking that it was going to be like 89 Batman and they left thinking, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, I don't know, it's, it, 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 it hits me in that sweet spot of being like weird, funny and, uh, and, and still I think a pretty solid like story construction. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, right in that sweet spot, I would say. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just to quickly kind of run through the plot here, we open with the birth of Oswald Cobblepot, the heir of the well the uh, uh, Cobblepot family fortune yes. in Gotham City, which is all communicated wordlessly because we see it's basically Christmas. Um, this massive mansion, and Paul Rubens,
1: mm-hmm. Pee Wee
0: Herman himself, plays the father, uh, 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 the uh, the elder cobblepot, mm-hmm. as his wife is giving birth, and you know it's bad news when the doctor comes out of the, the birthing room, and he is barely containing his own uh, uh, vomit, practically. Yeah. It's rough. And then uh, we next see just hints of what this monster child is inside of a cage as it attacks a cat.
1: Ugh. Rough. he kills the cat which is a classic you classic know, bad the cat, child kill yep. the cat.
0: <laughs> um so you know it's aggressively weird and dark yeah. from the jump like far more than anything in the or in the previous batman movie
1: and both parents are just archetypal tim burton characters: yes. very gaunt very pale like you know powder on their face pale, yes. like no
0: expression just like very stoic in the face of in the face of this like grotesquerie yeah um also surrounded by a gorgeous mansion set. Like, that mm-hmm. set is, it's it's very, like, kind of expressionistic in mm-hmm. that Tim Burton classic period kind of way. Um, and if I remember right, they said, I, I, even they, they had a lot of the city sets left over from the first Batman, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I think this mansion set, the interior of, like, the mansion was, like, the most expensive set they built for this oh, movie. Oh,
1: interesting. Um, and
0: they really just went all out with it, which I thought was kind of cool. I would have
1: thought it was the Penguin Lair, for sure.
0: Yeah, um, but then the, um, so yeah, then the uh, Mystery and Mrs. Cobblepot take their deformed child and dump it in the river outside of the old zoo, and it, f- f- it, it Moses-style, flows mm-hmm. through the sewer into the penguin habitat of the abandoned zoo. Oh,
1: okay, is that was that, because I, okay, it's an abandoned zoo.
0: I believe it's abandoned at that time. It's definitely abandoned by later on in the movie, gotcha. but yeah. They just
1: left the penguins.
0: They just left all the penguins. Oh,
1: okay, because I was like, is this like... Are the penguins just living like mole people? Did he float all the way to like the Arctic? Like what? Or Antarctica? Yeah. I, so, okay, he it's an abandoned zoo. Yeah. Even at the time, the penguins just lit, were left right. to live like yeah. mole people. Exactly. Okay.
0: Exactly. I think that is my interpretation. I mean, it's not explained, but that is definitely how I'm interpreting it. Right. Then we cut to Gotham City 33 years later at Christmas time. Um, and we meet a couple of our other key players. Like, they're about to light the big Christmas tree in Gotham City. And we meet Max Shrek and Selina Kyle. Mm-hmm. Who uh, Max Shrek is a very Donald Trump in the 80s-esque mm. businessman in Gotham City. He's holding a board meeting. Selina Kyle is his executive assistant slash secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, down on the street, there is a there there is a newspaper man hawking a story about a sighting of the penguin, this mysterious figure known as the penguin. Um... And uh, uh, all this happening outside of the Max Schreck uh, offices, department store, building, whatever. I'm not really totally clear on what the business entails, but it yeah. seems to be so everything.
1: Uh, yeah, a department store, but also like a power plant. Yes, he's investing okay. in a
0: power plant. Yes, he um, has uh,
1: a, lot of, a lot of eggs yes, definitely. in his basket. Yeah.
0: Um, also, the uh, minor side note about design that I really like, one of the little touches that I really like about this movie is that cat head logo for the mm-hmm. Shrek company. I love it. It's fantastic. That weird, like, line drawing of, like, the big, like, almost Mickey Mouse cat face. It
1: looks like something. I'm kind of Oswald the Rabbit. Yeah, a little bit. I feel, or maybe, like, the, something from The Simpsons or something. It looks out of something. But, yeah, that is, and and they frame around it all the time. There's not really any establishing shots, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is... Like, no true, like, wide establishment yeah. shots, which I feel like lends to this whole very closed room yes. feel. Yes, yeah. Um, it, but you do see that, like, kind of cat head with the mm-hmm. entrance to the building below it shot a couple yep. of times when we're supposed to be like, ah, we're back in the Shrek offices. Yes,
0: definitely. Um, so, yeah, Max Shrek played by, um, I haven't gotten into the cast at all yet. So, Max Shrek uh, played by um, Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. And uh, in, a, in a very Christopher walken type of role. Right.
1: which it cracked me up because I feel like... So his son is also there. Yes. His son, quote-unquote. And I swear he was... The son actor was doing a Christopher Walken yeah. impression. <laughs> yes. So funny. would be like, Dad, we got to go downstairs. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, I wonder if Christopher bad. Walken was bad. like, what, what are I, you Because it's doing? just like pre
0: the memification of Christopher Walken sure. impressions. And so <laughs> I, I, I would love it if like that was just a choice by that actor to be like, I'm going to do a perfect impression of Christopher right. Walken. Right, this
1: guy's so iconic. I should sound like his son. Like, <laughs> he sounds so...
0: Yeah. So, so specific. Yeah.
1: So, it, but it does, there's a couple of times where he talks, and I'm like, is he impersonating?
0: person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh, Max Schreck leaves this meeting because he's got to be the guest of honor at the tree lighting ceremony, and he goes downstairs, and while he's down at the, the Christmas tree, the penguins minions attack. Mm-hmm. They're all like carnies and this is when it's like oh my god, Tim Burton is absolutely running buck wild with with his aesthetic right now. Yeah. It's everything. Like they're attacked by circus performers.
1: Which I was like is this supposed to be some kind of like conflation of the circus and the zoo? Like they're kind of related but yeah. I was like yeah. why zoo and So
0: as we later discover, the penguin was raised by penguins and then abducted by the circus and then returned the circus gang to the penguin habitat at the zoo because it had a direct line to the sewers, which he was familiar with, to attack Gotham City. All of this completely unsaid, inferred. You have to pick it up from little bits and pieces and clues here and there.
1: It was, Um, yeah, yeah, tangled web.
0: So then we have the attack of the the circus folk, and uh, naturally, what does the police department decide to do? Immediately, send the bat, bat signaler. Where's up.
1: Batman? And we
0: see Michael Keaton. Oh, sorry, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the cast. Uh, when we met Selena Kyle, that is of course Michelle Pfeiffer at like peak Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Yeah, who could believe she's the dowdy secretary? Like that is. That's just too far, Hollywood. I wrote
0: this in my notes later on that when we get to her apartment, it's like the Hollywood version of a shitty apartment with the Hollywood version of a pathetic spinster.
1: Honestly, it was like, okay, she's got neon lights in her apartment, which are gorgeous. And it just, even they like do the whole like glasses and like make her hair frizzy and she's trying to be all like, but you're like, there's no way. And no one in that office would be like, wait a minute. She's gorgeous. Like, yeah. there's just no way.
0: There's a there's a whole thing about, like, the, the casting of that part that I don't remember off the top of my head, but, like, um, Annette Bening really wanted this part. Oh, no, I'm okay. sorry. No, let me, let me back this up. They really wanted Annette Bening for the part of Catwoman, okay. and she was on board, but then she got pregnant at the last minute and couldn't do the suit or the stunts, right. so she had to bow out. And Sean Young, uh-huh. who was in Blade Runner, uh-huh. uh, she played Rachel in Blade Runner, um, she really wanted this part badly, and so she came and auditioned unprompted in a homemade Catwoman costume. Shafted, didn't get the part.
1: <gasps> oh, that's tragic.
0: Yeah, it's a real. Oh, real bummer. now
1: everyone knows the story. Yeah, poor girl.
0: Um, but anyhow, so yeah, so uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne, is uh, at home, bored, literally staring at the wall, doing nothing, waiting for a bat signal to go up, and it's Michael Keaton, of course, still. Second time is Batman here. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he sees that bat signal hit the air, he is ready. And he just goes straight into the Batcave via the Iron Maiden in the living room, of course, like that elevator straight down.
1: <laughs> I like that the spikes retract after you're already inside. Yeah, right. Like, okay, whatever. Safety first. <laughs> um, Safety second.
0: Yeah. And then we see Batman... For the first of only a handful of times, like he spends a very small amount of time on screen in this movie, which is very, yeah. really interesting. Like there was so little Batman in this Batman movie, it's not even funny.
1: That's why I just yeah, the Batman part was the least affecting to me. Like the bad guys are amazing, even Selena. For all that, I cannot believe that anyone would not look twice at her. Like all the bad guys have some just incredible yeah. high moments, and that was the most fun part of this movie. Batman, I felt like, was kind of nothing. Like, no, he was hardly anything. And, like, and he Michael Keaton... dumb decisions, but, yeah.
0: Michael Keaton as Batman, frankly, I think is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, unpopular opinion for a lot of people, but, like, I, I seriously, I just don't think... He doesn't do anything with this character, and I don't know if that's necessarily Michael Keaton's part, but, like, he doesn't add anything to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he's just bored, but then even as Batman, he still seems like he's just going through the motions. Like, there's nothing exciting about being Batman anymore, but that's still the most exciting part of his life.
1: Yeah, that's, and I think there could have been something there. Like I was trying to latch on to what he was doing as Batman, because Batman always kind of, there's the interior drama, I yeah. feel like, is always a huge part of it. Um, because he has everything out. You know, he has money, he has this vigilante persona that everyone looks to, but like it's an internal struggle, and I just didn't feel like there was anything there.
0: And then we get to one of the parts that I think is the most interesting about this version of the Batman story, about this chapter in Batman, is that... This version of Batman is bored with be- he's he's extremely bored with his Bruce Wayne life but he's almost getting bored with being Batman mm-hmm. and he's starting to experiment with some very dicey stuff like killing people like not having any qualms about killing people like not going out of his way to kill people but really not giving a shit if people live or die.
1: Yeah, I didn't I wrote that down in my notes cuz that's, like, one of the universal truths of Batman. It's, like, Batman does not kill
0: yeah, people. Yeah, it's, like, the rule. And he,
1: like, straps a bomb to someone and throws him down, like, a yeah. manhole or straps something. Straps a bomb
0: like, to somebody, throws him down a manhole, and then also um, torches the guy in the devil suit with, like, the uh, uh, right. with the uh, tailpipe of his jet-powered Batmobile.
1: Yeah, that's when I was kind of like, wait a minute. That's, like, you're not playing by the rules. Like, we no. have established rules and for Batman. He's,
0: he's engaging in this kind of, like, like escalation in his vigilante lifestyle, like it's like okay, I'm just gonna hurt people. Okay, maybe I'll kill some people occasionally, and I'm not, but I'm not gonna try to kill anybody. It's so strange, and that doesn't really get brought up in the story. It's just a thing that you see is like, oh shit, Batman's killing people now. Yeah. Um, but then he saves Selina Kyle from uh, a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, just and... kind of
1: looks at her and walks away. <laughs> right. Very strange.
0: Yeah. Um, which flusters her a little bit, but um. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Max Shrek has now been kidnapped by the penguin, and we see him in the penguin lair, and this is where we get the big reveal of Danny DeVito as the penguin. Mm-hmm. And he is disgusting. He is one of the grossest main characters in a movie I have ever seen. Yeah. He's got that weird greenish black shit falling out of his mouth yeah. for the entire movie.
1: And like kind of pointy teeth. And he's yep. always in that like that long John's. Dirty long outfit. John's. And they have so many shots of him from the back where it just his butt looks so weird. His and whole saggy. His
0: body is totally round. Yeah, it's shaped like an orange. His skinny
1: little legs. Like uh-huh. he, he is grotesque. Like,
0: it's truly disgusting.
1: But I loved Danny DeVito. As as when he had his true like madness moments, so good. I didn't love everything about this character. No. We'll get into that. He is a
0: disgusting creep, but he also, like, Danny DeVito playing this character has a weird amount of range. Like, he Mm -hmm. portrays a a degree of range that no other character in this movie has. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, And then meanwhile, like, just looking around, like, the the zoo design for, like, this lair, fantastic. It's, like, one of the best sets I've ever seen.
1: Expensive as all get out. But so cool. And it's got, okay... Penguin extras just in the background yeah. of constantly. I thought they were seals for a while because yeah. they kind of looked like, I those, don't know, they were moving in a way. So they but. had all those
0: penguins, and those were live penguins. I right. think it's like some of the emperor penguins are like actors in suits, like small actors oh. in suits, I think. Okay. I'm not positive Because you can tell that.
1: sometimes they weren't real penguins. Yeah. I figured they were animatronic, but maybe they were actors. But there's a lot of times where they're just real penguins. Yeah. And it looks like the ones that are swimming mm-hmm. are re- like. real. How many penguins did they have to wrangle? Lots,
0: lots. Uh, and, and they all were from different parts of the world, too. Right. So they had to basically find what is the ideal conditions for all of these penguins that are not from the same habitat. And, again, stories from the set, they had to keep the soundstage that they shot this parts of the penguins on at, like, 40 degrees. Sure. And so that was Danny DeVito being covered in prosthetics apparently would, like, sweat and then be freezing cold oh, with sweat.
1: Sure. Um, oh.
0: His arms are like not insulated at all, but his torso is super insulated. Oh, um, and then uh, when he was on set, he, he like he still had to keep like the temperature low. And like for the scenes where like later on in the movie where Catwoman is in there, so they still had to have the set at forty degrees where everybody else is in like you know covered in like thick suits, and she's yeah. wearing like a like a, a latex, basically like a tiny, latex yeah, yeah. A latex cat suit. And so, yeah, it just—it seems like a, this movie seems like a nightmare to work on, um, yeah, I all, can around, all around, all oh, around. Um, at least they were
1: taking care of the penguins, though. If anybody care of had to be Yeah, of course. I just—I want to know the stories of the animal wranglers and the producers, and just like, what was it like to work with like <laughs> right. sixty penguins on set? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Terrible in, in oh. the long run, I'm sure. Oh. Um, but yeah, so we get the big Penguin reveal, and they start to go through, like, he starts to give Max, like, his plan, mm-hmm. and they start to kind of, like, you know, uh, uh, scheme together. Uh, there's also, like, the weird pollution subplot introduced as well, where they're talking about, like, he, Penguin is blackmailing Max Shrek about the partner that he apparently murdered because yeah. he's a murderer. Um Anyway, so anyway, we get through all this business and they reach some kind of an accord, and then we cut to Selena Kyle at home in her Hollywood terrible apartment, um, and we going hear, through the
1: motions of being a lonely spinster.
0: Oh, the oh yeah, the trials and tribulations of being a single woman in the big city. Yep, um, listening to the answering machine with the message from her nagging mother, the message from her recently ex boyfriend, the really answering uh, the, the the weird like unsolicited call about perfume, like the perfume ad by phone. Yeah, uh, It was weird stuff, but uh, but then she remembers that she's got to go back to the office for some stuff. She uncovers Max Shrek's plan. Max Shrek finds her in the office and throws her out the window so she doesn't talk. And mm-hmm. this is the birth of Catwoman. Yep. Um, and thus begins one of my favorite sections of, it. one of my favorite character arcs of any movie I've ever seen, which is The Catwoman in this movie is fantastic. Yes. She comes back to her apartment. We get a brief replay of her original coming home routine which was where incredible she's
1: like, I loved that
0: she's like semi catatonic when she first walks in no pun intended and then she goes <laughs> through these motions and then she listens to her answering machine and this time hearing those messages just sets her off and she goes ballistic she starts throwing shit at the walls she starts spray painting a bl- a line of black spray paint in her pink apartment
1: with the black spray paint you have just you in got, your New yeah, York City apartment Gotham City naturally, apartment naturally
0: naturally um, and then the really cool, like, uh, when she takes the neon sign that says, hello there, and she smashes two letters, so it now says, hell here.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was so good. And this super wide shot just ah, with her great. framed in the window. So great. It's great. And um, then she
0: makes the suit.
1: And, yes, classic, gotta see her making the suit. And just to rewind, mm-hmm. not that it really matters, because it doesn't make any sense, but she becomes <laughs> Catwoman by getting pushed out the window, and all of these cats yes. just come up to her. Yep start eating her.
0: Yeah, eating her slash providing her life energy or something. It's very unclear what's going on.
1: And then she wakes up and she's Catwoman. So just to give you a little bit of the origin story. That's what happens. She's fallen, I don't understand the science behind she's it. She's fallen
0: 40 stories out of a high rise, but in the process fallen through 40 awnings that have broken her fall just enough so that she clearly has some kind of brain damage, but otherwise is physically better than when she began. That's uh,
1: like, That makes sense, because I was <laughs> like, are they... Like is there some kind of cat life for who knows? But anyway, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, Moving on, she's catwoman now. She's a so catwoman
0: now. She's got the suit. And then we go back to uh the street. They're gonna try the tree lighting ceremony again. <laughs> and there's another speech from the mayor, and a mime of some sort steals the mayor's baby, makes a brief remark at the microphone, which I thought was actually kind of funny.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not one for speeches, so I'll just say thanks. Yeah. Um and then uh, tries to make an escape through the sewer, and this is all a big setup because the penguin is gonna pretend to be the hero. Returns Turns the baby to the mayor, yep. and addresses Gotham City as this long-lost son of Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, and his big uh, uh, public first public appearance as a figure. Um, and uh, Bruce Wayne sees this on the news and is initially sympathetic. He's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I hope he finds his parents," yep. um, because he finds that connection, that orphan connection.
1: Oh, it's always the orphan.
0: Gotta find the orphan connection. Um, but then he starts doing his research because he's a little suspicious of this weird guy that lives in the sewer with flipper hands and black crud coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. um, and while he's doing this research, like, it, it's worth noting that at this point, when Oswald is doing his, uh, his, his, his fake public persona, mm-hmm. he's actually very sympathetic. Like, he's playing this character in a very sympathetic way and a believable way in his, like, mm-hmm. public relation, his public uh, statements and stuff like that. And True. And it's like, okay, is this a small glimmer of, like, his real personality coming out, Right. Possibly? If we didn't
1: already know that he was kind of behind all of this mayhem that had already happened, like, we could believe He was an orphan. Yeah. It's not his fault that he was born deformed and his parents rejected yeah. him. Like, there's, yeah. there's a sympathetic story there. But we, as the audience, already know that he is up to no good. He is
0: up to no good. Um... Although I think that this movie would have been more uh, impactful and like more effective if the first time we saw if that was the first time we saw the right. Penguin and then found out oh no he's a scuzzball yeah he is as disgusting on the inside as he is on the outside if
1: we were discovering it at the same time as like Batman and the right. rest of Gotham that that would be been... really
0: intriguing yeah um, and then we cut to Catwoman's first time when she rescues mm-hmm. the woman from the mugger um, great scene really mm-hmm. love it great mm-hmm. introduction to this character. Uh, that like I, I like the the motif of like the bongos on the soundtrack whenever she comes in and does mm-hmm. her thing. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um,
1: Good way to establish she is just chaotic neutral. Yes. Yeah, she's gonna you know stop this mugger from attacking this woman, but she's also gonna like you know kind of
0: like give the woman a hard time. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little victim blaming, a little problematic. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh
1: yeah, this this whole movie is a little <laughs> problematic. We'll get into oh, it. What do you mean? <laughs> um,
0: and then backflip out of there. That's her signature move is to just backflip out of there in any situation. That
1: was, I, I just was laughing so hard at that moment because it was clear how they cut it together with yes. the stunt double. Michelle Pfeiffer does this like, like yes. you just see her and then it cuts <laughs> to like flip, backflip, backflip, like 12 backflips in a row. But like, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about them being like, okay, and now throw yourself backwards. And she's just like, yeah, Huah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> And it's funny, and it now seems as good a time as any. because this is the first time we really see her in the full suit. This is like mm-hmm. a big reveal of like her full suit. And I feel like it's no secret that, that as disgusting as uh, the penguin is, mm-hmm. the Catwoman outfit from this movie I feel like spawned a whole industry of like fetish gear. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of ridiculous how over the top and overtly sexual this outfit is. Yep in a, ostensibly, a children's movie, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, it, and it's like, what, what was Tim Burton even thinking? Like, really, like, you, this was a suit that he, like, kind of designed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: obviously, I mean, if you take one look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, Tim Burton has yeah, his fingerprints. with the stitches, and yeah, everything, like, exactly. you could have
1: done the simple kind of, like, just all black cat suit, but it's covered in these, like, very kind of raw stitches, yeah, which are... big
0: white stitches. Yeah. Um... Because apparently Selena Kyle owned a black latex raincoat, I think is like okay. what this thing is made of. I
1: was of. like what the hell is in her closet that she could just make this outfit yeah, out of? But yeah, a but raincoat makes sense. Don't
0: worry about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny like how just like outrageously sexualized this mm-hmm. character is and still like take that part out of the equation and it's like this is a cool character. This is yeah. like a re- this is one of the best characters in a Batman movie. Yes, I yeah. would say like top 3, like easily.
1: And she's I mean I was rooting for her. Like, you know, you you see her development from this mm-hmm. kind of like put upon but quirky and likable character into just like really owning her power even if it means going to a party and trying to shoot someone like yeah. and I I liked it. it. I think yeah.
0: It the whole the whole character feels very much like uh <laughs> Tim Burton exposing a little bit <laughs> of his own like like idealized version of of a, of a woman, yeah. as well as kind of like mixed with like his perception of like this this perfect woman would obviously have nothing to do with me or anyone else. It's like perfect and unachievable. That's kind of his, you know, versions of that appear in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. And this is like I feel like we're really really jumped out and in a big way. And it's yeah. like oh too much. Let me dial that dial that uh-huh. back for my other movies. <laughs> anyway, um, so anyhow, so then we have a kind of a. Boring dialogue scene between Bruce Wayne and Max Shrek where they kind of like talk about who cares. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Selena Kyle is back in the office to Max Shrek's surprise because he killed her. But mm-hmm. she's playing along. I don't know why she came back to work in the first place. I don't know what that whole thing was about other than to get I think her. It was a to power play. Of like, Must have been, yeah. yeah. And then the only good thing about this scene is that it ends with uh, Max Shrek with that great, like, uh, with a um, walk-in with that great line. I got batter fish to fry. Yeah. It's a good line. The dialogue in this movie is insane also.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are times where it is so good. And then there's times where I'm like, that was so dumb. And I wish I could think of a good example. But there's just times where it was like, oh. I'll,
0: I'll probably I'll try to find like a supercut of like great penguin lines and just great dialogue lines from this movie to play really quick here yeah. because anyway, like it's nuts. The dialogue in this movie is as crazy as the Lego Batman movies dialogue, mm-hmm. but not in the same way. It yeah, is like totally it's different nuts. Way. Um, but anyway, so we have that nonsense, and then we go to Candidate Cobblepot, where the Penguin is uh, holed up in. Um, I'm not sure. Is that the house? Is that his house with an office in it or something? I'm not really sure what that place yeah. was supposed to be. But where um, Max comes to see him and bribes him with a fish to come downstairs from where he was hiding out. And there's a whole campaign staff now. And it's now the Penguin's campaign headquarters because the Penguin's going to run for mayor. And as the Penguin astutely points out, elections are usually in November and it's currently late December. (laughs) And Max Shrek responds with, don't worry about it, which tells you exactly where this movie is. Yep. Um, So the Penguin's going to run for mayor. Um, and then we have the big meetup scene where uh, we've got Batman versus the circus freaks because like the circus freaks are going to attack and this is all part of the Penguin's plan to mm-hmm. make uh, make Gotham super crime-ridden as though it wasn't already and then he can reign it back and he he will be the hero. Yep. Um, Batman comes in, fights the, the circus folk um, and then we cross-cut this with Catwoman in the store. This is my favorite part of the movie. This, mm-hmm. is this section is my favorite part of the movie. Catwoman by herself in the store goofing around Whipping heads off of mannequins, oh. skipping rope, and uh, yelling at security officers. You're
1: overpaid. Sort of, you're huh? over.
0: You're overpaid. Hit the road. Yeah. So good. Just whoosh, whip. Uh, and then when she when she like, hits the gas line and then like, throws the spray paint cans or whatever into the microwave, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, brilliant. That sounds great. Then just, like, moonwalk out of there, no big deal. Yeah. Um, And then you go straight to the villain speech from the Penguin talking to Batman. Great villain speech.
1: Oh, yeah. One Mm -hmm. of the best,
0: easily. Um, And then it gets interrupted by Catwoman backflipping into scene, uninvited, unprovoked, (laughs) randomly in the right place at the right time.
1: She travels by backflip.
0: Entering with one of the best lines and best line deliveries of just Meow
1: boom yeah. oh, uh, boom so explosion good.
0: iconic so good oh yeah um and then the penguin dips out and batman and catwoman fight um and it is <laughs> you can cut the sexual tension with a knife it is ridiculous
1: <laughs> is that the oh i was so mad too batman is just such a dummy in this one like what is she, she's like how could you hit me i'm a mm-hmm. woman yeah
0: you and he's like oh dummy. i'm sorry
1: yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my <laughs> God. Is this is first time. I was.
0: It's uh. nuts. It's nutty. Um, but yeah. So then after that fight uh, ends with Catwoman getting dumped into a truck full of kitty litter, um, you get the Penguin's campaign speech, um, and he starts to lose a little bit of composure with his act, and then meets uh, meet, he meets up with Catwoman, and they and she tries to basically propose like a business partnership. He is. Creepy to the max in this scene. Ugh, it is disgusting. It is, is utterly the worst.
1: They could have cut all of that out of this. It was that was too much. I was it's, like, it is
0: too much. It I, is definitely I think it's too much.
1: Dated. Like too, maybe it was funny back then. You couldn't pull it off now. But like, oh. But like the response. Funny.
0: The response is perfect. It's mm-hmm. like putting up with it because she needs something out of the arrangement. Like right. I'm not gonna let you cross the line. I'm gonna put up with the nonsense. I'm gonna put up with the bullshit just because I do need your help, but I don't need it that badly.
1: Yeah, Um, I hated it. It was terrible. It was
0: awful. Although too much describes this entire movie. Everything about this movie is too much in every possible way.
1: I think we could have lost it and still could have lost it. I I get where like it kind of like yeah, we're gonna acknowledge that Catwoman is in this cat suit and she looks a certain way and she's (laughs) Michelle Pfeiffer, Um, but I don't. he, He had too many moments of just like. Ew. It's too, much. It's let me put too it, much. Let me put it this way.
0: I don't hate it the way you hate it. I would not miss it if it was gone. Let me put yeah, it that way. I hate um, it. There is that moment. It, it does get the great payoff where Michelle Pfeiffer puts a live bird in her mouth and then lets it go, which yeah. is like, I was like, how did they do that? God. That's what I want to know.
1: Terrible to shoot. This was so a bad, bad work environment, start <laughs> to finish.
0: Of course. Uh, and then we go to Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle having a date by the mm-hmm. fireside, sitting bored. Very yeah. bored with everything um, but you do get that good that good stealth pun where uh, 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 Michelle Pfeiffer says "Sickos never scare me. At least they're committed." Yeah, haha, ha, committed. Ha, ha, ha. Um, and then they respond to this idea of the kidnapping. There's been the, there's mm. been this kidnapping. The Ice Princess, also great name for a a, a, a woman in a, a Tim Burton movie, the Ice Princess.
1: Yeah, um, which I was has, like, is she just uh, just a person that's gonna press the button? But they're yeah. calling. They kept being like, the princess,
2: the princess.
0: Right. Like, yeah. What? Uh, has been kidnapped, and it appears that Batman did the kidnapping. But because there's a bloody batarang that the that the police commissioner holds up on television, now this is strictly circumstantial. But this was found at the scene of the crime. Um, As
1: you do with circumstantial evidence, <laughs> just on hold TV. it up on television. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and this is all part of the plot by the Penguin to frame Batman. And so mm-hmm. Batman and and Catwoman uh, both like they split uh, Bruce and Bruce and Selena, They both both split from the date and respond to this kidnapping. As their respective characters but they still don't know each other um, and this is the moment where um, Catwoman has to flat-out reject the penguin and so the penguin is pissed obviously oh. and this is where the penguins entire persona starts to disintegrate is at mm. this moment is like when it really starts to fall apart because now he's been he's been rejected by his parents he's been rejected by Catwoman he's about to be rejected by all of Gotham City and this is where he goes completely berserk basically yep. he hijacks the Batmobile uh, Short lived. Um, mm-hmm. There's that whole business with the CD. Oh, the- yeah.
1: I also like the Batmobile thing. I was like, it's not like Batman was that. Because I thought this was part of the framing of like, uh-huh. whoa, now Batman's crazy in the streets and he's going to yeah. run over this little old lady and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Which the same scene happens in Lego Batman yes. and yep. in Batman Returns, yep. which was so good of the Batmobile like,
0: uh-huh. almost hitting uh-huh. this
1: old woman, um, which I also think kind of happens in uh, The Grinch. There's also some very Grinchy moments in. The Batman Returns. Yeah. And especially with Selena's character. She was uh-huh. very grinchy. She had some like... <laughs> like a very like, grinchy personality. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, Batman's just a bad driver in general. He's a terrible driver. I feel like driver. it would be like, oh my God, Batman's gone rogue. It's yeah. like, well get out the way, Batman's driving. <laughs> right,
0: like, he's, oh yeah, you mean the guy that drives around a million miles an hour in a Batsuit and just beats people up when he thinks that they've done something wrong?
1: Yeah. That guy's Changes a Changes his car to a motorcycle and drives under things right. and onto yeah. the sidewalk. And yeah, yeah, no, just always be aware dude's of Batman got, driving. Dude's got
0: points on his license. <laughs> um, Good but, thing
1: he's outside the law.
0: Right. Um, so, of course, uh, Batman figures out what's going on. World greatest Detective finds the remote control thingy under the Batmobile and pulls it off. Um, Weird little bobble which by thing. the way yeah uh, uh, penguin controlling all of this from a radio trailer on a children's like mall like a oh, grocery yeah. store like hobby horse kind of a thing that was
1: a great reveal that
0: was really good that he was controlling it from this like children's play thing <laughs> um, and so uh, this goes wrong so the penguin totally loses it retreats to the sewer after gotham rejects oh gotham rejects him after he they hear his own statements to Batman that he recorded on a compact disc, yep. which was future tech in
1: 1992. <laughs> and a um, classic reveal of a you know two-faced bad guy. Yes, Here's of course. Here's what he's really saying about you. Okay,
0: so the Penguin has his statements uh, re- re- replayed to the his adoring public now,
1: mm-hmm. and.
0: Uh, they don't like it when people talk trash about their city because <laughs> Gotham has dignity, damn it.
1: Yeah, um, even though they all look like grown-up street urchins,
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, 1940s adult street, street <laughs> urchins. Um, so the penguin is done in by his own words, and he says, screw you guys, I'm going home, retreats back to the sewers, and uh, begins plotting his massive like King Herod plot of killing the firstborn yeah. of all of Gotham's elite. So it was very
1: Pharaoh, like yeah. it, actually Moses, bringing it full yeah, circle. Yeah. Very like,
0: um, hmm. so yeah. Then we got uh, uh, we cut to Max Shrek's Max Parade Party, which is hilarious.
1: Oh, I missed that. one. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah,
0: that was uh, that was what he called it when we was talking to Bruce Wayne, and uh, it's a very like, Accident. even though this movie came out in 1992, it is a very 80s. Uh, a rich people costume party I would yep. say mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah so basically uh, Max and uh, uh, Max has, has his party, Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne both show up in their civilian clothes mm-hmm. and they dance together and they reach a they reach that point in every everybody reaches early on in a relationship where you reach a fundamental disagreement about whether it's okay to murder people you disagree with yeah. and, um, murder your
1: boss in front of you yeah, know, hundreds yes. of people
0: uh, even Which is weird, because Batman has straight up murdered people in this movie. Like, he has killed people in this movie, and he's like, whoa, 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 killing him won't solve anything. It's like, okay. Murder's
1: only okay if it's just side it's characters that people, no one's gonna know. Yeah. Killing
0: poor people is fine, but I'm a rich. You can't <laughs> kill people like me.
1: You can't kill one of us.
0: Um, but then the penguin crashes and starts just immediately roasting everybody. And that this is some of the best penguin dialogue in the mm-hmm. movie, when he calls a... Uh, He calls Walkin' the great white dope and and berates everyone for coming out to dance badly, which is pretty pretty fantastic. Right now, my troops are fanning out across town for your children.
1: Yes, for your firstborn sons, the ones you left defenseless at home so you can dress up like jerks, get juiced, and dance badly. Uh, that is when Danny DeVito really goes to the like the next level bat when he's giving his like huge speech to his penguin penguin troops and oh when my he's God. like full bad guy it just that is like art like it's fantastic is, that is peak Danny it's DeVito
0: beautiful and it's <laughs> like yeah when DeVito un like completely unleashes. He is on fire. And yeah. in this movie, it's like, I feel like this is his best performance ever. Yeah.
1: And I feel like Danny DeVito is always playing kind of that, you know, squat, grumpy guy. But yep. this is different than I'd ever seen him. This yes, is like something exactly. else. And yeah. I, I enjoyed it, except for some of the, the, the weaker, like, like whatever. creepy old man shit. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the. Um yeah, we get down back, back into the sewers, back underneath the zoo, and we kind of reach the climax where it's like, we've got penguin rockets now. We've got rockets on penguins' backs. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, like, you're not going to so see that funny. in any other movie ever again. Um, and then at the big climax, the identities are revealed. Um, you got that great scene of, of Michael Keaton peeling off the Batman mask, which, like, leaves that weird, like, residue around the neck, because he just, like, tears it. Yeah. It's I was It's like, super that... strange. <sighs> yeah. Was um, it
1: attached to his neck, or was that just, like, the collar kind of...
0: I, it's hard to say. I, was, I don't know. It looked like was it was like painted God. onto his head or something. Yeah,
1: they, like, poured it onto him, and it <laughs> just hardened, like, eh.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of weird, like, pseudo-fetishy stuff in this that is, like, <laughs> best left on the set, I would and say. And a
1: weird, like... Just the metaphysics yeah. here are strange. Like, how do they put on these clothes? He, he where responds. did they get this giant duck? How does he drive it? Like, there's uh, that
0: scene earlier in the movie where both Batman and Catwoman suit up and respond to a kidnapping scene in probably five minutes. It would take you an hour to get into either one of those outfits.
1: Yeah, you'd be like jumping at the end of your yeah. bed with a get that little. No way. Got a lot, lot of baby, pants powder. On. A lot of baby a lot powder. A lot of baby a lot of ba- powder. Ba- oh. <laughs> God. And how do they even, it's so funny because Michael Keaton's like neck is so stiff. Like he's always kind of side-eyeing people because like he can't move his freaking head. None of his
0: doors, well, you know the story behind the Bat suit in those first two movies was that they were so restrictive that like they had to create different suits for different body motions. So like they had to, it was too difficult to create a single suit that allowed full range or even medium range of motion. So uh-huh. they had to create one suit where you could punch with your right arm, one suit where you could kick. One suit where you can kick with your other leg. One oh. suit where you could rotate your torso. So they had to create different versions of the suit for different specific fight movements.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that is just yeah. strange. Yeah. It's nuts.
0: I tell you, this is like the Wild West of filmmaking. I saw, <laughs> I, it's seriously nuts. Um, but anyway, so we're at this. The, the, the uh, Catwoman removes her mask. Batman takes off his mask. Max Shrek says, Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed like Batman?
1: <laughs> oh my God, that was hilarious. It's so good. She's like, he is Batman, you don't. It's like, so was he good. supposed to be dumb I don't <laughs> I, that seemed out of nowhere but it was like still I said this really is not a funny.
0: political statement to say that this character is so clearly based on Donald Trump in the 80s yep. it's not even funny <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway um, so yeah we have the uh, the great uh, the great death scene for Max Shrek in which he is he is uh, uh, done in by the uh, the taser and the electrical like she sticks the she like grabs Max Shrek and sticks the taser into the power box, and then the cor- the current goes through her body and electrocutes mm-hmm. Max Shrek.
1: Um
0: Meanwhile, uh, 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 Penguin is essentially done in by his own hubris and is given a very dignified funeral by his emperor penguins.
1: Oh, that was just heartbreaking, and it was a strange like he dies, comes back to do nothing, and then dies for yeah. real. Like yes. he's given like a true death scene. He like sinks to the bottom, and you're like, oh well, there goes the penguin. And then he comes back out only to just, like, topple over and die. He doesn't come back out to, like, ha-ha, stab you in the side. He just comes out to
0: look extra gross.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's the grossest he looks in the whole movie. (laughs)
1: And we can have that tragic penguin mourning scene. The that penguin was just, funeral uh, is just
0: like, mwah, uh, a thing Paul of Bear beauty. The
1: penguins. Uh, it's too sad. <laughs> I feel bad for them. But Max Shrek's death reveal scene is probably... It's pretty great. I probably laughed the loudest at that it's, moment. It's comical. Reveal this, like, Tales from the Crypt-looking... Yes, looking, exactly. Like, ...eyeballs and charred <laughs> face. Like, still looks like Christopher Walken, Kind of. Kind but... Of. <laughs> Oh, the hair is wild. slightly
0: frizzier. Yeah.
1: yeah. You can tell where like Tim Burton's just like, and we're going to do it all at the end. Yes. Like just, <laughs> there's some, yeah, he just, he goes, he goes all the yeah. way for it. He does not care what you're comfortable with. They shoot like, cause, oh my gosh, this was one of the best jokes I thought was there's one of the clowns, as Danny DeVito is like, aha, we're gonna, like, steal all their babies. Yes. We're gonna throw them in the lake. We're gonna kill them. And one of the guys, one of the lackeys is just like, isn't that a little killin',
0: much? Killing babies in their sleep? Isn't that too much? And then, bam, just shoots, sh- just shoots him. Oh,
1: so sad. And then we see him later, like, at the bottom of the lagoon, yeah. Tragic. But, yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, he just went all out. And ducks and penguin funerals and charred corpses. like every
0: time a tiny bit of real world logic tries to sneak into this movie it's obliterated instantly.
1: Yeah. It's
0: aggressively avoided. Which to me
1: kind of lended to a weird tone. I don't feel like it was I, yeah, I felt like between the Lego movie and Batman Returns, the Lego movie was so solid on its tone. Very
0: consistent on tone. Yeah.
1: Batman Returns I was like, is this funny? Is this gritty? I I
0: find it best to look at it as a really weird comedy but not all of it is funny like some of the jokes are just not funny like that's how I choose to look at it and in that in that case I am never disappointed like watching this yeah. movie is so enjoyable for me because it's like it's like an ultra weird attempt at a straight comedy but some of the jokes are just not that funny
1: and you kind of wonder like did they know they were not that funny and they left it you get the feeling like they know they're not always being funny they weren't try I don't like like, even not being funny yeah. is part of what they're going for, which is. It's kind of just gutsy in that strange. way because it's like,
0: it's not really even a product of the early 90s. This is just a product of like Tim Burton and studio people being <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, do want, yeah, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Like, you know, John Peters being too coked up to care what Tim Burton was doing, probably. <laughs> um, allegedly. I don't know. Allegedly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then we have this like very kind of lame like Merry Christmas quota uh, coda yeah. at the end of this movie where Catwoman is revealed to unambiguously be still alive. Yep. Uh, not Michelle Pfeiffer in that scene. They shot that at the very end, and she was like, Hell no, I'm not putting on the cat suit for another for not even seeing my face. And so they it had a stunt double do that instead.
1: It looked almost like a puppet or yeah. like claymation in that mm-hmm. like the way she moved. I don't, I I don't know if they like drop frames or if it's just me mm-hmm. but it looked i thought almost that it was like a puppet yeah strange but uh, yeah so uh is this a christmas movie then
0: is this a christmas movie yes i would say it is a christmas movie the whole movie takes place at christmas time uh and they do directly address christmas a bit um just no be christmas glad music but no christmas music just be glad i did not bring this up for the 2019 christmas special <laughs> to be my choice for a christmas movie um There's always
1: 2020
0: always Um, so, yeah, so we, uh, I think that covers just about everything about the movie. First, like, so your impressions of this movie, I mean, you hadn't really seen this, you were aware of it, I assume, but, like, I feel like we got a pretty good idea of, like, what you thought of it. Like, too weird, but still kind of good. Is that kind of... Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not even the weird, like, I can do a Tim Burton weird movie. I like that he has that very recognizable aesthetic. It just... I don't know, the the penguin salaciousness was...
0: It was too much.
1: Too much, and I I don't know. I don't always want to be like, well, it was a different time, but like it does feel like that just would not work now. We are... We yeah. have, I, and in some places, it works with the, like... Yeah, like, Michelle Pfeiffer's kind of owning that in the second half of the movie and using that to her advantage and right. making all the guys look dumb by, yeah. you know, when they're treating her like a little lady and whatever, but... It just uh, Danny DeVito had too many moments of like, or the Penguin. I won't chalk it up to him. Yeah. It was the writing, but like, what? A, there's the one. He did where the like, one you're like You're a cool role model for young people, and are you like you're
0: the coolest role model that a young person could have. And he like, said something like, "Well, you're the hottest young person that role model could have," yes. or something disgusting <laughs> like that. It was so gross. Hated it. Um, no, it was bad. But and like then
1: the tone, <laughs> like just I could. Batman wasn't enough for me. The tone was too hard to grasp onto in some places. It was. It was a 50-50 for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, Batman is the least interesting part of this whole movie, so it's kind of good that there's not a whole lot of him in it.
1: Yeah, they probably realized and left him on the editing floor.
0: It was almost like uh, Tim Burton needed to, like, shoehorn some Batman into the movie, and Mm -hmm. so he was like, uh, okay, let me just add a couple more shots of him talking out of the suit to somebody else.
1: We'll just hold extra long on him staring at Michelle Pfeiffer after he he saves her for no good reason. Not even a, like, wow, that's the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. Just in a, like socially uncomfortable way. It kind of feels
0: like this whole script was written by some, and I don't know if this is actually the case or not, but it feels like a script that was written by somebody who was really frustrated and did one great draft and mm-hmm. just submitted that, and they were like, "It's perfect, no notes. We're shooting." No notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like that's 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 what this whole movie feels like. Because I'm sure that's not what happened, but mm-hmm. I think it feels like that.
1: If they could have taken a couple notes, it, it needed just a, a couple few, notes. A few, yeah. um,
0: But I think that's one of the things that makes this movie like really stand out among Batman movies. And it's like it's allegedly trying to be just like a straight Batman movie. Mm-hmm. But it's so out there. It's so out there in a way that even I feel like the Joel Schumacher movies are not. Like those really flashy, splashy Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Like (laughs) those are out there, but in a way that kind of makes sense. It's almost in like a focus groupy kind of way where it's like, we like big colors and we like Jim Carrey as the Riddler and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff.
1: We love puns.
0: Yeah. But this one just feels like it was off the rails from the jump and nobody cared at the time. Yeah, Tim um, Burton was
1: the focus group. What yeah, does Tim Burton right. want? What does exactly. he respond
0: to? And this does very much feel like, what's going on inside of Tim Burton's brain? <laughs> and it's not always pretty. It's uh, a
1: scary, brutalist, closed city yeah, totally. full of weird penguin people.
0: Exactly. So anyway, yeah, also, uh, not that this has anything to do with the movie itself, but in the outline, I was revising a previous outline and I accidentally left discussion topic the conflicting political narratives of this film and i can't remember what movie this was supposed to be for but it kind of would fit for this one we don't have to get into it but there are some conflicting political narratives in this movie
1: Uh, yeah especially this one we don't have to go deep into this but like there is something about like evil capitalism yeah while not really addressing the fact that Bruce Wayne is only able to do this because, because he's he a is billionaire. bourgeois, He's a yeah, trust like, fund.
0: Like, and that's the thing. It's like there's like a few jabs at him about being a trust fund baby. It's like rich people sniping other people for being rich people. Yeah, that's happening a lot in this movie.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, yes, since we have gone a way over time, let's go ahead and shoot it toward the ending here. Um, one of the things uh, we talked about at the very beginning was that there is a lot of crossover, I feel like, between these two movies. Like, mm-hmm. the dialogue is cuckoo bananas in both of these films. Yeah. Like, it's so much. Like, the dialogue is so written in both of these mm-hmm. movies. Like, there's not a single thing that comes out of anyone's mouth that sounds remotely like a normal person would say it. Yep. Um, so there's that. And then also just, like, I feel like they both kind of make the Batman characters' um, boredom front and center, I think. Yeah. And kind of dealing with, like, really con. Fronting his inability to function as anything other than Batman. <laughs> um, the whole deal with the cowl at the beginning of the Lego Batman movie, I thought, really talked to that, where it's like, he's like a little kid that doesn't want to take off his superhero costume. It's yep. like, I'm leaving my mask on.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I love every time he takes it off, his hair, like,
0: Floofs. Yeah, yeah. Into place.
1: Backwards. Yeah. I, I think, like, Lego Batman, I think you're totally right. And the top level things are similar, and they go in totally different yeah. directions. Yes. With it, like the Lego Batman, the boredom is just like this. It's like an active boredom. It is like a little kid's, like I'm bored. Uh Whereas the Batman Returns, it's like kind of this moroseness, this like almost depression, where he can't even like do any. He's just watching things, and Mm -hmm. he is holding off on getting involved for the until the last possible moment. Like he just doesn't even know what to do with himself. Yeah. It's, and doesn't feel he doesn't feel the joy in it anymore, whereas Batman's just kind of like, well what's next? Uh, Lego Batman. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like Lego Batman is a like Batman obsessed fifth graders version of a Batman story. And Batman Returns is like a like an edgy eighth graders version of a bat, of a Batman story. Like I'm gonna know. have. I'm gonna have a really gross penguin, and I'm gonna have a really hot Catwoman, and I'm gonna have Bruce Wayne's kind of lame, so I'm not gonna have him that much.
1: Yeah, maybe because I was thinking Batman, like the Michael Keaton Batman, feels like this kind of middle-aged reflection on yes. Batman, like yes. you know, when what is your life for? I didn't do any of the things that I thought I was gonna do. I never lived yeah. in Thailand for a year, like that kind of yeah, very mature reflection on Batman. But maybe, you know, a mature rewriting of what they wrote wrote in eighth grade <laughs> with weird penguins and giant, yeah. giant mechanical ducks, which I can't get over just because it's so superfluous. Like, what? Oh, ducks, They yeah. didn't need that little mechanical duck that he's going to ride around on. I'm sure that thing wasn't cheap, but it's there. They it's there, did it. yep. Mm-hmm. It's everything he wanted. My yeah. And it's funny tempered. how much of, like,
0: the aesthetic from, like, Batman Returns, like, shows up a year later in Nightmare Before Christmas, like because mm-hmm. he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas, but he did all the design like for yeah. it, and like he did all the art for it, and it's nuts how similar they look. Like they yeah. both have a very like very similar uh, uh, style guide.
1: Totally. The um, other things that I felt like kind of it could have been the same universe as the Adams Family.
0: Oh yes, definitely. Or
1: uh, American Psycho.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Just the like ultimate. Capitalist machine with no real soul, kind of.
0: There is a version of Batman where he is just a hallucination of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho.
1: I could believe it, and this would probably be the closest. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
0: Uh, Cool. Well, uh, one thing we have forgotten to do for a long time: uh, three sentence reviews. Do you have one by chance?
1: I do. Cool. Um, Okay. Just real quick, assuming I was doing Batman Returns and you were doing Lego movies. Yes, correct. Yes, Lego
0: Batman for me, and yeah.
1: Okay, let's see. Sandwiched somewhere between Adam West and Christian Bale, Michael Keaton swoops in as the caped crusader defending a Soviet-esque Gotham against some bad capitalists and ultimately is the bad guys that are the highlight of this movie, whether it's Pfeiffer's manic kitty persona or DeVito's DeVito's madman raised by birds, though it takes some serious suspension of disbelief to accept Michelle Pfeiffer as a dowdy secretary or Danny DeVito's skirt chasing as humor. Maybe it was funny at the time.
0: Excellent. All right, so then my three-sentence review of the Lego Batman movie. It's Legos, and it's Batman, and if that doesn't sell you on a movie concept, then nothing will. Lego Batman takes the hyperactive, childlike imagination of the Lego movie and applies it to the specific world of the Batman universe with a few special guests from other franchises, of course. It's silly, it's fun, it's Legos and Batman. Come on.
1: Amazing. Couldn't have said it better myself.
0: Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, that's gonna pretty much bring us to the end here. Thank you so much for joining us, sticking with us through that very short break. I we needed to keep we needed to keep our break really short after our like six month hiatus (laughs) before our guest season. Um, But yes, look forward to regular episodes ahead for a while. And um, oh shoot, whose movie are we gonna go with? Who's uh, who's picking for next week? We do show prep. We We prep for shows.
1: Do Uh that? Do you have
0: one? Do you have one on deck that we might be able to let do? Me just... If you don't, I got a couple, but I do not need to go next.
1: Okay, let me do a quick little look. See if there's. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. So if you have one on deck, that's okay. You do you have I one love... on
0: deck, actually? All right, all
1: right. You lay it on me. Cool.
0: So I. Um, Recently went to New York City for the first time. Oh, yes. And in thinking about it, I really wanted to watch a New York movie. Okay. Um, and there's, a, there's several that I like. There's like a million really good movies about New York. And so what I wanted to do was um, give you an offer. We're going to do the multiple choice thing that we haven't done in a long time. Okay. I've got three choices for one night in New York, and I want to cover all of them at some point. Okay. My personal favorite is from a returning director,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it is from the 1980s. Okay. Um, Another one who stars a returning star. Um, It is a musical from the 1940s. 40s, okay. And the third one is from, uh, uh, it's a a totally new thing. It's kind of probably the least known of the three. And these are all kind of three that aren't really that well known. Uh Um, It's a little bit more cartoony and abstract, um, but it's a really great snapshot of New York in the 70s. Oh, Okay, so we got New York in the 40s, New York in the 70s, and New York in the 80s. Um, very different movies, all from very good people that I think you're going to like all three of these. Okay. So, um, so, which of those sounds like the one that you would like to watch next week?
1: Um, I'm going to go for the musical. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. So... The musical, New York in the late 40s. It's post-war New York City. There are three sailors that have shore leave. Oh. And they are going to go check out everything that there is to see in New York City on their 24-hour pass.
1: Uh-huh.
0: This movie stars Gene Kelly. Yes. This movie stars Frank Sinatra. Yes. And a third guy whose name escapes him because he was not as famous as either of them. <laughs> Kay, have you seen On the Town?
1: I have not.
0: Fantastic. All right, well, that's what we are going to cover next week. Exciting. Uh, yeah, let's not forget that uh, we want to follow. You guys want to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at K Have You Seen? Uh, of course, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a like um, mm-hmm. and leave us a review. Leave us a rating.
1: Yes, and just throwing out there, I'm opening Pandora's box here. But if you do have movies that you would like to watch with us and be a guest, send us an email at KHYS.
0: At gmail. podcast, podcast yes. at gmail.com
1: Yeah, and let us know what your picks would be. We've got a couple people asking me in, in person or telling me movies. I'm sure you that's probably fantastic. got this. fantastic, yes. Which is great, but I'm not going to remember them. So right. please send us an email if you're interested.
0: Yes, please do. Cool, awesome. So um, that's going to do it for this week on The Town for next week. But until then, I'm Kyle. I'm sorry. And this is K H B C and We'll see you next week. See ya.
2: In the darkest night. but I'm the best of them all. I'm on my way sir. Who has the coolest gadgets? <laughs> Who has the tricked out ride? <laughs> Who does the sickest backflip?